Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Welcome, 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 everybody, to an all-new episode of a new Knicks-centric show. I think I'm going to call Knicks at Night. Um, That's probably been taken. Let's, we got to work on the name. <laughs> we'll work on the name. Um, all right, so to be named uh, at a later date. Anyway, me and <laughs> try our best weekly to come on here and break down as much Knicks as we possibly can. Uh, this week we are starting off with we have a lot of stuff to, to tackle. Uh, so let's get right into it. I want to talk media day. Um, we're not going to break down everything of media day. Just what were some of the things that kind of um, leaped out at you, Joel, from uh, media day today? Uh, today's media day specifically? Uh, uh, or, or just the last, uh, what, the last two media days? So today and yesterday, I think it was. It was the third day, right? So oh, the third day? Okay. I wasn't sure who the first day was. That's why I got a little confused. Uh, first day was RJ, the coach, um, and um, I think Peyton was the first day. Oh, and then yesterday was Austin Rivers, uh, quickly. Uh, no, quickly today. today. Yeah, so, Rivers yesterday, Burks yesterday. Okay. All right, go ahead. Go ahead. What what stood out to you out of the three days of, of media day? Mm, what stood out I, well first of all i just like to, to see everybody again you know because it's nice talking about everybody but to see them and actually hear their voices <laughs> like it's been months <laughs> so it's kind of weird um it's been it's, it was nice it was just nice to see everybody again um well a, lot, a couple things stood out to me like i i especially the whole thing you know it's starting with rj because that was like the first one that we, we got to see you can tell the whole snub of the, like the rookie, um, the, the not making the, the, any team either for like first or second team that really got to him. Yeah. That really bothered the shit out of him. And you can see it in his face, and I love it because you know he's gonna come in with a chip on his shoulder. Um, and he and look, bro, like he got snubbed. I think that's pretty obvious. Sure. I think yeah. that we were both upset about it. And wait, re- really quickly, one thing that we need to note, uh, Joel, because it, it doesn't get said enough, and people laugh at us when we say this, but it's so true. He only got snubbed because he's a Nick. I think so. I mean, that's what it feels like. He was top five in everything for rookies, Joel. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. What the hell? It's uh, advanced metrics it came down to. Like, this, like Terrence Davis got in on the second team over him. I'm like, that's fucking bullshit. Yeah. What? Yeah. Fuck out of here. It was only because he's a Nick. And don't tell me it's because the Knicks had a losing record. Plenty of the rookies on there had a losing record. Uh, I mean, if you weren't John Moran. Yeah, that's bullshit. Yeah, it's not a, <laughs> you know? a record thing. It, no, it, it came down to his, like, efficiency and the, like the percentages but i'm like come on bro like don't be don't be stupid use your eyes you know he was a top rookie at least second team at the very least at the very second least team. and we can make an argument for one at uh, least first team for sure you could definitely make it uh, uh, uh for at least top five but 10 at least top 10 come on that's ridiculous anyway <laughs> it, it obviously bothered him a lot too um so that I love that. 
I did love that. I can't wait to see what else he's learned <laughs> and what else he brings to the table uh, this, uh, this coming season. Because honestly, look, if he just just improve his free throw shooting, and that's you know that's already a step up because that boosts his points uh, per game and his everything goes up. Honestly, everything just goes up right there. If you just work on your free throws, it's really that simple. That's the only reason he didn't make the team, in my opinion, because his free throw shooting was so bad. It was um, really bad. But to be fair, he struggled just shooting, period. He uh, did. The the biggest thing we said about RJ coming into the season off of watching him in uh, summer league was, oh, RJ, you got to drive to the basket because you're not shooting well. Um, and it, it, it's crazy because – We've had two sporadic shooters. We had JR that if he could get hot, he will torch you to death. Um, The problem was JR would face more games where he missed than he made. And the difference of JR and RJ is RJ can can take you to the the, the basket. That's not JR's game. He's just going to keep shooting until something goes in. JR can take it to the basket too, but he he just – no, I think specifically when he was with us, it just wasn't a part of his game he did often. No, um, no. He'd rather shoot himself back into the game, not realizing he's shooting us out of it. So with RJ, yeah. it's all about if your shooting mechanics are better, which I wholeheartedly believe they are, um, free throws will come will come very easily. If you're yeah. making your, your, your shots, free yeah. throws are like easy. You know, they're like giveaways. So that'll come easier. So it's all about getting his mechanics right and making sure he can shoot better and at a better clip. Um, and then everything else will just, to me, it should come easy. Well, they should because uh, his, his his percentages went up as the year went on. Like he was getting right. more efficient from even the three point line because he ended over thirty percent. So I'm like, if he not, didn't, for, if it not been worse, if you know, not for COVID, RJ and Mitch were hitting a stride that was just crazy. Yeah, I think I think the team in general was getting just better <laughs> as the season went on. Um, thank you, Mike Miller. Check <laughs> <laughs> out the Mike. He did a really, really, really good job. He did. That's why I commend him always. And I wish he, you know, he could have came back in some capacity. But uh, I think Mike Miller did a hell of a job. Um, aside from like playing the rookies when he probably should, have, or at least the young guys. Um, especially towards the end there, like, come on, like, give Kevin Knox some fucking minutes. Um, <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, well, aside from that, like, he, you know, he, he he brought us back to life when we were, we were in the dumps. Um, brought us back to normal. Um, but yeah, so that's RJ. Uh, I liked that part of it. Um, I do like, I mean, we've heard this from many coaches in the past, but like Thibodeau saying, you got to earn your minutes. Um, I don't doubt that at all with him. <laughs> we know for a fact he's going to play his veterans, but you know, if you're a young guy and he'll play you and he'll probably overplay you. And that's just what it is. <laughs> as long as he likes you, you're going to play. Um, and a lot. So I just can't wait to find out what, who, who ends up being his, his main nine or ten guys because well i mean at least down the road we'll know more or less who's getting those minutes who's going to earn those minutes that's what i'm looking for because we have so we have a glut especially a guard uh that i just can't wait to see who ends up nudging the others out and maybe that doesn't you know that maybe that changes maybe it starts one way and ends up going a different way maybe due to injury or just you know outperforming the other it just it is what it is uh so i look forward to seeing how that plays out um what else? 
Uh, I loved what Austin Rivers said. We, we were talking about it yesterday. I think Austin Rivers, had, um, he was, I think he won a media day this week uh, so far. Uh, right? He won us all over with his words. <laughs> it doesn't take much, but obviously um, he sweet talked us in the fact that like, why, like, you know, he basically said, why wouldn't you want to come here? And, you know, he basically the- said, I ain't a pussy. I don't mind <laughs> playing for the Mecca, you know, unlike the two other guys who went to the basement to try to be relevant. Like, I don't mind <laughs> coming to the big like, right. He doesn't I'm, mind the spotlight. I'm obviously paraphrasing, but he was calling out two of the top 10 best players in the league for not wanting to play in the Mecca. Right, basically, yeah. That's basically right. I mean, and others that have, you know, passed up on opportunities in the past or even this season. Uh, like, why wouldn't you want to come to the Mecca and, and showcase and, and make it, you know, make it relevant again? Like, what, like, what, what's so scary about it? Like, that's, just, that's really what it is. I just listened to a, a Knicks podcast where the guy said to Nick fans, whatever superstar, whether we, whether we make that superstar or we go out and get one, Whatever person brings a championship to the Knicks, Nick fans will hold that that player over Michael Jordan. And I oh, laughed, but then I sat true. back and I'm like, no, that's true. Because I yeah. tell you right now, if Melo brought the Knicks a championship, there'd be nothing anyone could tell me about a Michael Jordan. Michael who? Like, did he yeah. bring a championship to the Mecca? Like, then don't talk to me. What is six yeah. what? Any any player. That's why fucking Clyde is still beloved in, in the city. Yeah, you know, and that was in the seventies. <laughs> that was before me and you were even remotely thought of, and we uh-huh. replied like, "We love you." I mean, you wouldn't you wouldn't see yeah. this at your restaurant, but we love you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, couldn't find a seat in that fucking place, but, uh, but yeah, uh, yeah, like exactly, like I love I love Clyde. He's a he's a national treasure to me. <laughs> so it's like, um, I, exactly, whoever ends up winning, especially in the modern day. Will be crowned and have a statue. Will be there will be a statue for them waiting for them in in front of the garden <laughs> easily the next year. It'd be that 100%. quick. They don't even have to worry about retiring as like a a Hall of Fame player. Just yeah, no. the statue we build you as a Nick is your Hall of Fame shrine. Like that. Yeah. that you it. you will have a statue in front of the stand in front of the garden for sure. Yeah, for you know, sure. It's, it's that serious. Um, I'll definitely say. What stood out to me, not what I love, what stood out to me of Media Day was I listened very closely to Tibbs when he talked, right? Uh-huh. And, and the guy asked him about Mitch, and he was like, yeah, I mean, you know, love Mitch, blah, blah, blah. And then five seconds later, he's talking about Nerlens again. And then yeah. he consistently talked about Nerlens. So I'm like, all right, well, we don't have to guess who our five is going to be this year. <laughs> um, it, it scared me a little bit when it was kind of like, "Yeah, Mitch, no, love him," but that Nerlens guy. Wait, what? No, go back to Mitch. Talk more about that guy. Um, so that made me step back a little bit. Um, quickly comparing himself to, uh, I, I'm slightly paraphrasing here, but I believe you said a Jamal Crawford type. Um, no, he, he said um, offensively, like C.J. McCollum or um, Lou Williams. Oh, Lou Williams. And, That's who it was. Lou Williams. Lou Williams. Yeah. Uh, you love to hear guys talk like that because I tell you right now, not a lot of people saw C.J. McCollum coming. Um, right. And Lou Williams is like fucking AARP old and is still getting buckets. So it's like yeah. if you can get even a modicum of what the two of those guys have, <laughs> we'll love you forever. 
Yeah, he's a defensively Avery Bradley. Now, listen, that, that <laughs> is high praise for a person's self. Avery Bradley is not a, his his years in Boston where he could put the clamps on you. Um, yeah. I like the sound of that. I mean, the only thing that's going to bother me is Tibbs finding a way to work him into a rotation. Um, yeah, right now it's tough. Like, it's where? super tough, bro. It's super, super. I even like that other kid that we got that isn't going to have any playing time um, because yeah. you still got to work Chris Dacus in. Um, so I'm like, Jesus. Like, the problem we had last year was we had so much talent, but Fisdale at times didn't know what to do with said talent. Yeah, Briz Dacus in the in the G League or D League, whatever you call it, dropping thirty a night, and you're like, nope, not calling that guy up. Wait, what? Yeah, it bothered <laughs> me that Briz Dacus got no minutes last year. At least, I mean, the minutes he got were like shit. <laughs> even crazier, Joel was he wasn't getting minutes in a time where Knox looked like he should be down there, and Briz Dacus should be playing in, in the yeah. NBA. I agree. Yeah, yeah, there was definitely moments yeah. where Knox should have probably been in the G League, and Briz Dacus had his minutes. But they didn't want to do it. And I'm like, well, I don't know why not. <laughs> like, what I was mean, holding what, you back? What else? What other options do you have that you think are better? None. Right. <laughs> right. Exactly. None. Um, and then, of course, Obi. You know, Obi's Obi's competitive drive, I think, is what's going to land him as a, a, a favorite of mine this year, mm-hmm. um, is he wants to be the best. He wants to do um, what we all imagine in our heads is the unthinkable, which is, I don't know, make the Knicks interesting again, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. um, so, you know, just hearing a guy talk like that, and I'm going to be honest, man, these kids coming out of college, which is why it's like, It'd be nice if the ping pong ball would roll our way. These kids aren't scared to come play in New York, bro. They're not. And it's like, well, goddamn, instead of trying to get a Giannis, can we draft a Giannis that wants to be here instead of trying to beg a Giannis to to want to be? I mean, that is the plan. The problem is, you know, the ping pong balls have to fall the right way. That's what I'm saying, yeah. Even though Giannis was like a 14th pick, to be fair. but Right. No, no, no. I just meant like, (laughs) You know, everyone's like, oh, like, are the, you know, can the Knicks make a play for Giannis? And I'm like, bro, we could draft a guy that wants to be here instead of waiting on our tippy toes and praying that one of these superstars wants to come here. Like, right. me, I'd rather do what Milwaukee did. Milwaukee drafted a guy that I think a lot of us looked at and was just like, okay, he'll be a 15 to 20 a night guy, but that's about it. And then he bulked up overnight and it was like, well, God damn. You got yourself an athletic shack, you know? And yeah. it's like, well, where did that come from? I don't know, a thing called development. That's where that came from. So it's like, Knicks are due for it, whether it's RJ, whether it's Obi, whether it's Mitch, whether it's Quickly, Bristake, it's Knox, Frank. One of these guys has the hit that we can build off of them and develop everybody else around them. Um, right. So, I mean, I hope Tibbs is the guy to do it. I mean, he brought on a staff that is almost impeccable. Um, he's covered almost every level of coaching uh, with that staff. So, I, I have full – have. I'll say this. If mm-hmm. these players can't play to their best abilities, I don't believe it has anything to do with coaching. They just maybe don't have it, um, which, which some guys don't. Some guys don't. Um, but like I said, I, you know, we're not going to keep this too long, so I want us to move on. 
Um, projected starting five. I'm going to let you go first, but I want to ask you this. Is it just no. me, or are you feeling like RJ is going to be a three a lot this year? I mean, only because there's a glut at guard. <laughs> right, just... right, right. So someone has to, and it's not going to be Burks. So it's like, it's not going to be Rivers. So you're like, oh, oh. If Burks does, it'll be in like small doses. Burks can't play the three. He's, he's big enough. I'll, but, I'll even say this. Instead of Burks, just keep him at a two. Bullock is who you'd want rotating your three with RJ. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I probably have Bullock starting because, like, uh, I, I'm not saying I want him to start. I'm just saying I think he might end up being the starter just because he's literally, like, the oldest guy on the team at 29. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so there's a good chance just based on his experience and the fact that he's a two-way guy and uh, he's probably been around the block a long time. It looks like uh, just just by sheer experience, he might end up winning the job. And if he loses, it'll probably be down the line during the season. Yeah, or or it's you know like Tibbs keeps saying like you know you got to show it, got to show it in practice. Yeah, yeah. you know, and I'd be great if someone to, I mean, surprises us. Not takes it away from him if he does indeed start. I would that would be I that would be ideal, yes. So I, I'll say this. I'll say this. Give you a moment, so I'm not putting you on the spot. This is what I would like the starting five to be. I'm not saying this will be. This is what I would like in a perfect world. All right, your uh, ideal lineup. My ideal lineup: Frank, R.J., Knox, Obi, Mitch. That yeah, is ideal. Mine too. That is ideal, mainly because you're running an all young lineup of guys who either have to show or are looking to show that they are ready to make that next step forward. And you look at RJ, so much that man needs to work on shooting-wise and whatnot. You look at Frank, just an offensive game. That's all Frank needs. So when everyone's like, oh, I don't like Frank, it's like Frank is possibly one of the best defensive guards we've had in years. Um his only issue is his offensive side. For some reason, he gets on the court and he's like, oh, just defense? No, Frank. Offense, too. Like, what the hell? <laughs> um, so, obviously, that's Frank's problem. Knox's problem is just mental. You just got to get him mentally, uh, you know, focused on just one thing and perfect that and everything else will come. And then Mitch, his only problem is two things. One, the man needs to stop fouling within the first four seconds of a game. So he can maybe play in the fourth quarter once in a while. Do that. And he needs to work harder on he was doing really good last year. Your blocks can be blocks that stay in play. You don't have to do the LeBron blocks where you're swatting it to like the, you know, the, you know, the the concession stand. Like, bro, you can block it and like grab it midair. You're that long. Um, and try your best to keep it in play. Um, so that's what I think he has to work on. But to me, I'm looking at this roster, and I don't think this roster is like, oh, we're competing for the top five, top six seeds. So it's like, why not run your your young lineup, see what you can get out of those guys? Um, you know, but ideally, I'd like Randall to start purely for the idea of if he looks really good, some team will go, man, that guy looks good enough to maybe put us where we need to be in the title contention and we can get rid of him. Um, but outside of that, I obviously want Obi to have all of Randall's minutes. So yeah. that's my ideal five, uh, Frank, RJ, Knox, Obi, Mitch. What would yours be? 
No, I think mine would probably be the my ideal lineup would probably be the same thing. Okay. Only difference probably um, if I I mean if if Knox doesn't work out because like, that I, all this predicates on if Knox yeah steps up you know he's if he doesn't step, exactly if he doesn't step up then I'm saying like if quickly can step in real quick I would even mind having a Frank quickly RJ uh, OB and uh, Mitch lineup because uh, I mean it's still young. More shooting, at least more uh, trustworthy shooting, uh, and then you still have a defensive backcourt, you know, with Frank and in, uh, in, in uh, IQ, uh, but quickly. So I mean, that'd be really good too. Uh, I mean, ideal. I'd be really cool if if quickly is as good as I think he can be. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I mean, that's that's my ideal lineup. It's not what I like. Like you said, it's not what I expect to happen. That's what I, I hope happens. Now, like hopefully, that's how it looks at the end of the season. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, one of those two lineups would be my ideal lineup. Uh, and I think my my what I expect to probably start is you know I think what you know a lot of us expect, which is um, uh, Peyton, RJ, Bullock, Julius. And uh, Mitch or uh, or Nerlens, depending, I guess, depending on how that that works out. Um, yeah. But <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> okay. Uh, the way I saw it was Alfred, um, Burks, RJ, Randall, Nerlens. That's how I saw it. Um, I like your your idea of RJ and then Bullock. Um, I don't know. I just I, I see Tibbs looking at RJ and just going. That's probably our the least depth we have. Um, so put them at the three. But I mean, I, I could easily, very easily see it your way. Very, very, very easily see it your way. Um, but I can, we can almost guarantee Joel that out of the entire lineup, the the most obvious two guys that will be in that starting five, no matter what, will be RJ and Randall. Um, yeah, pretty much. Outside of that, it's pretty much up for grabs. I mean. Who knows? You know, there's been a lot of talk of how good Dennis Smith Jr. has been looking. Um, so who knows what that point guard position will be? It'll probably go more towards veteran um, mm-hmm. than necessarily will who's like who looks the best in, in practice. Um, like coaches will tell you that all the time. Coaches will tell you, hey, whoever earns it in practice. And then you look and you're like, that's the veteran out there. Well, he looked the best. No, he didn't. That's just the guy you trusted the most. Uh, yeah. Trying to win games, like so who are you fooling? Um, but yeah, so we're, we're we're not that we're not that off in, in where we see the lineup going. Um, but we both know Randall and RJ are like a, a definitive um, in, in whatever the starting lineup turns out to be. But fingers crossed, Joel, we get our Frank, RJ, Knox, Obi, and, and Mitch lineup at some point this season. Yeah, something went something went a hundred percent right. If that's the lineup, <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, and hopefully, if that turns out to be the lineup, that means all the little things that those guys weren't doing well last year, minus Obi, yeah. um, they've improved on. Which to yeah, me, yeah. Like, if you if those if those kids got get that starting lineup uh, uh, starting position, it means they look great, and they now have to implement it in real life uh, games. And to me. I looked at the schedule or, you know, what 2K has as the projected schedule of the first month. Right. Those are such winnable games. 
I'm not saying the Knicks are going to go undefeated the first month, but I'm like, <laughs> our problem last year was we were in close games and couldn't pull them out. This year, I don't want that to be the, the, the storyline. Oh, the Knicks played the, the Celtics and lost at the buzzer beater. No, win those games. Win yeah. those games, you know? Well, that's how, you know, last year it started, like you said. Like, we were close a lot of the time. We couldn't finish. Uh, we didn't start finishing really till Mike Miller took over. <laughs> right. uh, and that's because there's small adjustments, but we ended up winning those games. You know, play it safe. Uh, you know, you know, just the little things. Just don't play the fucking the, 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 um certain defenses the way he was the way he was rotating. It was fucking weird. Um, it's just we, you know, it's it's the same thing. But now you know we we have new guys, so it's just like a matter of figuring out which guys are gonna play. We don't know. Like at the end of the day, we don't know who's gonna step up and who's not. Like we hope certain guys step up. But we don't know. We need RJ to take a step up. We need Mitch to take a step up. We need we want Knox to take a step up because God, why wouldn't he? Right? Uh, <laughs> we we want Frank to take a step up. We want uh, even Dennis Smith fucking Junior because just so that trades less of a waste. Right. Dennis Smith Junior looks you know come in and play something. Uh, Alfred Payton should be sitting on the bench hoping to play because we already know what Alfred Payton's going to give us. These young guys should be better than him at this point, but. You know the problem is they're just not, yeah. um, and they gotta be if they want if they want to get minutes. But um, I look at Frank and I I say this to Frank: Frank, you have up until the trade deadline to show um, a, a major progression offensively. Because I'm telling you this now: if you don't, my fingers are crossed that there's a guy that wears a number two in uh, in Nolan's that ain't getting along with what's going on over there, and we Mm -hmm. peel him away um, and land that guy um, because he is, to me, when you're looking at what Tibbs can do to run this offense the most efficiently, he is the most ideal guy I think of, of someone that I don't necessarily need you to be overly aggressive offensively, but he does one thing that Frank doesn't really do, and that is distribute and set up the tone. Meaning, Randall does not get to look at you and go, give it to me and let me come up to court. Lonzo says, I got it. Get in your position. I'll get you a good look at it. Frank is so passive. It's like sometimes Frank dribbles it up. Sometimes Morris would. Sometimes Randall would. Frank, you're the point guard. It's your job to set the table. You don't just yeah. let these guys come in here and just put the forks and the knives any, you know, anywhere they please. That's that's not how you do it. And I think that's what kind of gets him out of his out of his rhythm a lot of the times so where it's like, well, you know, well, Moore's got it. No, take that shit from him, man. And you set the table and get guys in the right spot. So Frank to me is more so that's why I said, Joel, Frank to me ideally is a point guard in a small forward's body to where Frank easily could be a guy that defends very highly and just sits in the corner and knocks down shots. He Mm -hmm. seems very uncomfortable and you're like, Hey Frank, we need you to defend at a high, you know, at a high level. We need you to distribute, set the table, get things moving and be uh, aggressive offensively. He's like, I can do one. 
don't, <laughs> don't yeah. put anything else on my plate. Um, so that's why I'm like, Lonzo seems like the most ideal guy and the most realistic guy to really take over our offense and um, do what we need to do. But I'm not giving up on Frank. Um, that time has passed to where you could really just say, this is not our guy. Um, last year, him locking up Damian Lillard and Luka Doncic, um, doesn't get talked about because we're the Knicks, but right. no one saw that coming. I tell you that definitely not Damian Lillard and Luka Doncic. Um, and the great job he played on Russell Westbrook in that game against the Rockets that we won. Right. Just because like like it's hard to like. Well, I mean, he needs to be able to say, "Look, I'm your lockdown defender. Like, even if I'm not your point guard, I'm gonna be in your lineup." Right. <laughs> like, right. That's what I'm saying. If he could. <laughs> To me, I look at Frank and I'm like, Frank and Knox easily could be Tibbs's version of Luol Deng. Either one of them could do that mm-hmm. easily. Only problem is neither one of them can consistently knock down shots. And it's like a 3 you know, he needs the three. <laughs> yeah, he needs a three part. And then look, Knox has shown that he can't hit it. It's all mental with, with Knox yeah. when it comes to hitting those threes. Because he was shooting it really well in the beginning of the year. And they, I guess once they started pulling him, he just started thinking, overthinking it, and it just started missing. And it's like, no, yeah, problem, no, Kevin, no. The problem with, with young guys like Knox, who, again, is super young, is I think he starts thinking, damn, if I miss this shot, is he going to bench me? And then, like, I won't get back in. So nope. like, maybe I don't take it. Or or maybe I, I do take – like, when you start – that's why everyone always says hesitation in basketball could be the death of you. When someone passes it, if you even remotely think you've missed your shot already, you have to take it. You have to take it. So it's like Knox, especially this season, there is no Marcus Morris. There is no direct threat. There really isn't. So Knox, if you can't, if RJ has to play the three, it means you are on your way out, my friend. It means you are on your way out. I should not see any point of this season where it's like, well, the best three we got is RJ. You know, we just got to run with that. No, Knox, you need to step up and you need to reassure. Like, we keep forgetting this was rookie of the month in, in December in his rookie year. He was showcasing that he had the talent to do it. Right. It's like, that's a, I'll never forget that summer league, man. He was so good that summer. I know it's only a summer league, but come on. He looks so good. <laughs> I like, mean, he oh. looked great. And we can't we can't brush off Summer League, Joel, because remember, the highlight reel for Zion for like six fucking months before he actually played was him ripping Summer the ball League. out of Knox's hands. Yeah, so it's yeah. like, well, if that's a highlight, why can't what Knox did be a highlight or what Brezdakis did be a highlight? So like I said, it only works that way when you're the Knicks, that it's like, oh, well, it's just Summer League. Well, no one said that when Lonzo came into the summer league and was balling right. <laughs> Josh Hart. Like, no, but when you're a Nick, you get that. But all right, let's move forward. Um, we, we already talked about the coaching staff a little bit. We, we talked about RJ really, really being heated about not being on the, um, the all rookie team first or, or second. Uh, yeah. Was there anything else about uh, the coaching staff that you wanted to add before we move on to our last two topics? Uh, I'm glad we have them. <laughs> like, um, <laughs> they just—I don't know. Everyone they keep bringing them up. Like, even the players, the new guys. Uh, some of the the new guys are responsible for bringing certain players in. Like, uh, uh, Alec Burks has a relationship with Johnny Bryan and Will Perrin. 
uh, fucking um, Nolan Swan obviously has a, has a um, connection with Kentucky and um, what's his name and Coach um, what's his name? Uh, uh, is it Collar Perry? No, Collar Perry. No. <laughs> um, um, no, I said John Collar Perry. No, Cal- Yeah, of course it's Collar Perry. But what's our coach? Oh. Sh- and I just had it at the tip of my tongue. <laughs> keep, keep talking. I'm gonna look it up. Yeah. Um. Anyway, uh, with Nerland as well, and um, what's his name? Well, Nerland has kind of a strong connection with him. Um, Austin. I don't know. Austin came here based on I don't even know what, but I'm I'm very happy that he decided to come. Um. But like we already know that um, like Johnny Bryant's already working with Emmanuel quickly, and then he'll probably end up working with the guards. Huh? Kenny Payne. There you go. Uh, Coach Payne. Um, and Coach Payne's more of a big man uh, guy, but, you know, he'll definitely, he's already working with Obi. Uh, he'll work with Knox. He'll work with, um, mo- he'll work with everybody, but he's definitely known for working out big guys like um, the cat and, and fucking Anthony or Anthony Davis and all them. Um, and then Johnny Bryan is known like he, he helped well, get, uh, Gordon Hayward, where he got, and of course he also was known for Don, like being close with Donovan Mitchell and getting Donovan right. So that's really good. <laughs> like if he can get our guys up up to par like that, like I mean, these these this coaching staff, and of course our old, our old coach uh, Mike Woodson's on the on the bench. Uh, I love that. So it's it's gonna be fun. Uh, it, I just can't wait to see if they can actually bring what we think um these kids have um to light you know right because this is the first year and i'd say about four to five years that i look at our roster and i'm like well the talent's there it's just all about can you coach the talent out of them um you know to, this isn't a roster that you look at and you're like oh man like where's the scoring coming from where's the defense coming from you got all that locked up with guys that if you can bring it out of them they could be really good at either side of the ball. Um, so it brings me to something that I know you don't like to do, but every Nick podcast is doing this before the start of the season. And okay. it's a prediction on what you think the record will be. I will remind you, we only had 22 last year. Um, so I'll start. So I'm not putting you on the hot seat. I'm mm-hmm. going out on a limb. God. It's like it's so hard being a Nick fan because you think of you think with your heart and then you think realistically. Um, yeah, of course. I want to say twenty-two last year. I think it's possible because here's here's why I'm going to say 34. 34, 35 is because if the Knicks got to twenty-two wins. And there was about 15 of those games that, that they <laughs> lost that they should have won. I'm like, well, why is <laughs> why is thir- like mid-30s not realistic when they were in, in those games that they lost? Um, I think that's very realistic with the talent that we have, especially keeping in mind that we could maybe move some pieces, um, maybe make some trades. And I'm not talking about blockbuster trades, just – you know, more manageable trades. Like I said, throwing out the Lonzo one out there. Um, 35, 36. I know it was 34, 35, but I'm going to say 35, 36 is where I'm landing at for the Knicks. I don't know if that's competitive enough for a seventh or eighth seed. I'm not really thinking that far, but 
I'm going. I'm going 36. Is my final answer. Um, what, what about you? Uh, I'll be happy with 30. <laughs> like that. That'll make me happy because uh, it's gonna be a shorter season. It'll be like 70 something games as opposed to 82. Um, so 35. Well, it's almost 500 at that point. Um, so it's like. If we could hit 30, that, that that's an improvement. 22 is, I think, what Vegas has us winning. <laughs> um, <Wow. laughs> <laughs> no soccer there that no one believes in the Knicks. Yeah, so I, I do hope if we can win at least 30 games, that means we've made some type of progress, but we're still not there yet. Um, so I'll, I'll take it, you know. And what sucks for us, Joel, is like we can't even say, you know what? Start the young guys, find a way to get rid of, of Randall, you know, let Nerlens be like a mentor to Mitch, let Burks kind of help out RJ and those guys, let Austin Rivers maybe talk up Frank's confidence. We can't even think like that because it's like we did that shit last year. Where we were like, ah, let's win. Nah, let's tank. And then got the eighth pick in the draft. So if you're a Knicks fan, you're like, well, shit, we, you know, there's no need to tank because we can't. We can't tank right because there's no way to tank right nowadays because, Mm -hmm. you know, last year, the not last year, but the year, yeah, yeah, last year, fucking Lakers got somehow into like the top five pick. And it was just like, well, there you go. You know, (laughs) like, like, there you go. Um, I'm scared about the tanking. I don't like tank the word tank anymore because, like, I definitely don't like focusing on one player. Like, this is supposed to be a really good draft. So if we have like a, a top five pick, I'll be happy in this draft. So exactly. exactly. Um, I, but, but I also, if we can win, though, I, I wouldn't mind winning because that means the, the, the guys are stepping up. Here, here's the thing you got guys saying they want to change the culture. Changing the culture isn't drafting till you find a guy to do so. Changing the culture is we made the eighth seed and still somehow lucked up into like a top 12 pick. Um, you know, um, that, that's how you change the culture. Cause then players are like, well, wait, not only were they an eighth seed last year looking to, to build off of that, they got a lot of draft capital. They can trade to maybe get me some assets. If I come there, like, that's the biggest thing you have to think of. If you're a Knicks fan is that losing doesn't really get you what you want. Only winning does that. Our, our years of wishing for losing to get those high lottery picks have come and gone. We've right. learned that last year uh, or this, this, you know, current year with getting the eighth pick. Um, and then thinking about the fact that Chris stops was like a, what top 10 pick. Um, Frank was an eighth pick. Knox was what, like an eighth pick. So it's like. Yeah, Knox pick. was ninth. Uh, Porzingis was right. the fourth pick. So uh, Frank was the eighth pick. We keep getting close to two, close to one, but not two or one. So the closest like, was RJ, who was the third pick. Who was the third pick, right. So it's like, that's not our game. Let's try to win something and hope that we can maybe, uh, you know, restore some of our lore by, you know, winning some of the games that we yeah. need to win. Yeah, uh, eighth pick has been hit or miss. <laughs> very hit or miss. Yeah, we, we've been uh, more successful in the second round, honestly. It's weird. Yeah, we've been very successful in the picks that people were like, oh, my God, how did he? How did that person land at, you know, at, at the Knicks' feet? Um, yeah. That's more so where our success has been at. Not when it's like, all right, all eyes are on you. 
who's your eighth pick? And it's like, uh, mm-hmm. uh, Frank Nilakina. Oh, no, you picked wrong. <laughs> 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 that was uh, look, there's three guys that we were definitely looking at in that draft, and uh, we went with the guy with uh, that fit the triangle best, uh, and then you know, got rid of the guy running the triangle, so right, that's it went down the hill. Um, and look, the guy that people wanted us to draft, Desmond Jr., is here, and it's not exactly working. So can't say that was a miss there. But obviously, Donovan Mitchell was someone we wanted, and uh, he turned out to be a flying success. But yeah, I, I'll tell you this. But who I, saw that coming? No, <laughs> like, no one did. No one did. All this is hindsight. No one did. Yeah. But you do look at the Knicks, and you go, okay, if Frank doesn't turn out, and like you told me, like you told me before, a lot of people pass on Donovan Mitchell. So it's not just a Knicks thing. But if yeah. you're the Knicks, you will look at Frank and you will look at Kevin and you will go, that could have been Donovan and Michael Porter Jr. Um, depending right. on what Michael Porter Jr. looks like going forward. That could have been uh the bubble courage, <laughs> is what a lot of people are calling. Been, I mean, you would have missed a whole year, but right, right. The only but, thing scary about Michael Porter Jr. is like when we were like I would have been okay with it, but it would have definitely been scary because like we had Porzingis coming off an injury and then we're going to go and draft a guy who has injury problems <laughs> who would miss a whole year due to injury. So you're like two young guys based on injury alone. Uh, so that was kind of scary. I didn't expect us to trade Porzingis at this point and we didn't expect MPJ to play as well as he did coming off of an injury. So hindsight is 2020, isn't it? <laughs> very much, very much. And like I said, I don't look at Michael Porter Jr. and go, he's way better than Knox. I look at him and I go, he's showcasing that he can do it now. Knox right. just he has to already show- there. Right. Yeah, Knox just has to thing. showcase that he can do it, period. Um, and if he shows it, like, to me, I don't look at Michael Porter Jr. and go, oh, man, you're going to be like a future uh, perennial all-star. I don't necessarily get that from Knox either. But I do look at Michael Porter Jr. and go, oh, man, he's going to be a pretty efficient scorer. And I look at Knox and I go, if at the end of the day, Knox is just a great defender for us that can knock down shots, to me, that's not a waste of a draft. Yeah. And he had a good rookie year. I mean, right. it wasn't great, but it was good. You know, he, was he, he, was, he wasn't super efficient. No. <laughs> he took a lot of shots and he missed a lot of shots, but, he, but at least he was decent. He had some confidence. Um, and then he lost a lot of it in the, in the second season. You know, they were trying to win and he just wasn't there until at least the second half. I mean, he played better in the second half of the season where they, he was more focused on defending and blocking shots. And I'm like, that that that's fine. Like, if you're not going to make shots, at least stop people from making shots. <laughs> stop others from making shots, right? Yeah. If like, you can't make them, they can't make it either. <laughs> right. Like, I think of boxing. Like, man, if you can't hit him, damn sure make sure he don't hit you. Like, you yeah. know, like, figure out a way around that. But, um, no, I don't think either one of those draft picks are bust. I try to remind people all the time. You know what this reminds me of, Joel, is when people are like, oh, like, BVS is horrible. And I'm like, well, Ang Lee made a movie called Hulk that was, like, way worse. I look There's at a Kevin lot of bad movies. <laughs> <laughs> I look at Kevin Knox and I go, we drafted Clay Anthony early. Like, we've seen players just not work whatsoever. I don't think Knox is that. Uh, we definitely um, drafted worse than that, but we drafted. Oh no, we drafted like worse than that. But I'm just thinking more recently. I'm like, you know, uh, you think good? That's good that you don't remember the whole past, then, because there's <laughs> shit ass picks, bro. I'll never make like forget Michael Sweetney. That was a talk about a waste. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> no, but my biggest issue with the Knicks is what I told you, Joel. You can't keep drafting guys high and then not keeping. 
Um, so you just got to figure out, like, you either got to develop these guys better or, I don't know, Knicks, do something that's unheard of for the franchise. Maybe keep a coach around long enough to develop that player. Um, you know, stop drafting guys and then firing coaches. They don't go hand in hand. Um, usually a player like that, that's 18, 19 would like to come into a stable franchise. Like, Oh, that coach drafted me because he wanted me. Oh man, you fired him. Now I'm concerned. Does this new coach want me? Um, so it's just one of those things where it's just like, we now have stability. We now have like assets. We have money. We have a game plan. Let's stick to it. Let's get these young, hungry, uh, kids, the ball. That's all I ask for. If Obi wants to showcase that he wants to break records, he wants to do all kinds of great stuff. You know how he can't do that is if Julius Randle's usage rate is like fucking Russell Westbrook's. So figure that out, Tibbs, and make sure that's not a problem for us this year. Yeah. Um, if you can make Carlos Boozer work, <laughs> next to joke him, Noah. Yeah, that should not be a problem. <laughs> no, not at all. I'm like the two most non-shooting fools at the time. You made work, and you're telling me you can't make Randall, Obi, and Mitch work. Make that work, fool. Now, Carlos could shoot a little bit, like, from, like, not far, but, like, not 15 far. feet. So, no, no, could have shot, like, 15 feet away. <laughs> Noah was layups or nothing. Um, all right, so speaking of Randall, our last topic here, so I can get you out of here, Joel. Uh, what's the likelihood we get rid of Randall this season? I don't I, I, I want to say it's very likely, uh, but I, I don't know where or when. Uh, but I do think it's going to happen. I, mean, I think it's just a matter of more, more when, when than than anything. You know, pro- more or less probably maybe around, maybe before the trade deadline, maybe at trade deadline. I don't know. Probably midway through this season. I'll tell Nick fans, here's the, here's the underlying story. After this season, Randall's gone regardless. Yes. All right. So it's like, if you're a Nick fan, don't really harp that much over this season, except for the fact that if he is going to just leave, the only way he should be playing more minutes than Obi is if this team is 500. Mm-hmm. And it looks like they're making the playoffs with Randall in the starting five. You don't mess that up for any reason. So you're like, okay, you know, you figure out Obi somewhere down the line, right? And then you know for a fact next season, He's your bona fide four. So you don't right. have to worry about that. Right. But exactly. to me, it's like if Randall starts to do Randall shit, yeah. I am not a fan of Tibbs saying, well, let's stick it out. No, 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 no. There's a guy sitting next to Tibbs and his coaching staff that cost us playoff wins because he had that mentality. Remember Woodson with, oh, J.R. Smith, you know, he played great all year. So, I mean, we're in the playoffs. We got to keep him in. And it's like, no, you don't. He is playing mm-hmm. horrible in this second round. You got to get him out of here. Yeah, he had a really uh, bad second round. He was sacrificing Shumpert and Copeland because he couldn't give JR the boot to tell him you got to just ride the bench, bro. Mm-hmm. And we, we lost that because all the pressure was on Melo and he was putting guys in that weren't getting it done meanwhile you had Shumpert on the bench with 20 in that game six you had Copeland with 15 on the bench in that game six and Melo with like a sore shoulder is trying to dunk on Hibbert because you won't put other great uh, not great I'm sorry 
other solid players in that are playing better than your starters, don't don't have that mentality, Tibbs. If Randall isn't playing the style of basketball you need him to play this year, please don't do what Fizz did. You got I don't to- think Tibbs is that type. Uh, especially if you're not defending, and it's not like Julius is a fucking good defender. So not if he starts fucking up, there's a good chance he'll get the hook. <laughs> I hope so. I hope so, because we've seen this way too often, not with the Knicks, just in history of basketball, is if I'm paying you a lot, you're not yeah. rocking the bench. And, and that's no. been very detrimental to a lot well, of franchises. And that's how it's going to start. He's going to probably end up, because he is getting paid, and because he's he's a veteran, he'll probably start and he'll get the benefit of the doubt. But if he's not playing well, I don't expect him to stay in the lineup, no. Okay. I, I, I Fingers crossed, Joel, because me and you both want Obi in the starting lineup. So Yeah, and that's, that should definitely be scratching. Like, that should be, like, like right behind him. Like, yo, this kid's going to take my job eventually. I, it just won't be this year. That's, that's how he has to, to approach Right. And look, and I want to be very clear about this. If Randall can buckle down and say, oh, that's right, I'm not LeBron or Luka, so I'm not a forward guard. So I'll just wait for screens, pick and pops, alley-oops to get my points. Then he'll be great. His only problem last year was you're clearly a liability on the defensive side. Cool. We've seen a lot of great players that are like that. We had a 6'6 guard from Syracuse, about 6'6 Ford from six, Syracuse, eight. who was very much six, a liability. Six, eight. six eight, sorry. Very much a liability on the defensive end. So it's like, we can deal with that. Your problem, Randall, was almost all of our turnovers were Randall caused. That can't be the problem this year. Yeah. So That's also on the coaching staff because, like, they gave him the reins to do that. Right. That, right. And I know. think it's mainly because they felt threatened of, damn, we paid him a lot of money. So it's like, Let's get as much usage out of him as possible. No, that's not how it works. No. Yeah, they trusted him too much with the ball. Like, like no. <laughs> I don't know how that coaching staff looked at Luka Doncic and LeBron and then looked at Randall and went, yep, we got one of those. No, you don't. <laughs> Take the ball out of his hand. Um, but we have high hopes for the Knicks. I think preseason is next Thursday or Friday. Uh, I think the Friday. Friday? Oh, man. Yeah. I cannot wait for the Friday Night Knicks theme song. Oh, I've missed it so much. Oh, It's been a while. <laughs> um, like I said, me and Joel are going to try to do this um, every week, once a week. Every, mm-hmm. um, we love the Knicks. We love to only talk about the Knicks if, if we can hone in on just doing that. Um, and we think this is going to be a fun year for the Knicks. Um, we're not, you know, we're not crazy. We don't think this is a top five team but we definitely think this team could be more competitive than it was last year yeah here they were pretty competitive to a point um so it's all about the progression and honestly me and joel our eyes are locked on frank knox rj ob mitch uh and obviously uh iq also and whatever brisdakis we can get uh (laughs) please (laughs) our our eyes are locked on these young kids because honestly the Knicks don't have to look to what their future is. You have a starting five there. Um, you have somewhat of a bench there. Um, so it's all just about kind of keeping them, progressing them, and the biggest term in Knicks history that we've been lacking, development, development, development. 100. 
percentage. Let me that. say this. Let me say this. One last thing before we go. Um, if the defense is a problem for Knox mm-hmm. or for anybody, and you don't play Brasdakis because of defense, this man in his first game, and I know it was only summer league, put up 30 points. Yep. <laughs> in his first game. Yep. Let the man do his thing. <laughs> yep. And what's crazy is that was a summer league where RJ struggled a lot. Mitch looked yeah. pretty good, not struggled. And Brisdakis was the bright spot. And you came into the start of the NBA season going, now nah, we're going to ride it out with Knox. But why? Because yeah. <laughs> like, he's a lottery. Why? That's what no, but he, here's the thing, though, Joel. When a lottery pick in his second year doesn't really look like he gets it, that's where most teams kind of send them down to development to kind of develop so they can get to where they need to be. Yeah. Sometimes it's the kick in the butt that they need. And he's gonna have to drop. He's gonna have to drop thirty in, in training camp just to, on anybody that guards him. <laughs> just to get I mean, into the lineup. Not even that. Brzezakis might have to, like, if he comes in for garbage time, like, in the early fourth, because the Knicks are getting blown out, he might have to come in and, like, bring the Knicks to, like, within 10 for somebody to go, oh, well, goddamn, I'll play him more. Like, that's what it seems like that kid's going to have to do to get yeah. any respect, it, it, you know. I mean, he starts to make the team now. They brought in, you know, MKG and shit. So, I don't know. We'll see. It's going to be tough, but I will say um, MKG might be one of those kind of seeing how he is, kind of, you know, using him to kind of get guys going. Um, mm-hmm. I do see a possibility he doesn't make the team, though. It's possible. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely possible. Uh, we haven't talked about this new kid, but we can wait to do that next week. Um, the other undrafted free agent that we signed that I like a lot, but definitely won't make the roster this year. Uh, yeah, Miles Powell. Yeah, yeah, I love that kid, but he won't make the roster. Um, knock on wood, hopefully no one on our roster gets it, but that guy looks like he'll get his playing opportunity if someone kind of gets, you know, the, the whole COVID thing and we're a player down. Yeah, Seems he'll like probably be a G League guy. Right. He'll be on West. He'll, he'll be playing Westchester this year. I tell hopefully. you what, he'll get more playing time if COVID happens in Brasdakis, and that's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> But all right, Joel, I'm not going to hold you any longer. This has been a good first episode talking about the Knicks. Next week we'll do it probably the same day, if not maybe after, Um, you know, because we'll have more to talk about because the Knicks will have played something. Um, So this is a great first episode. I'm hyped. I've been playing 2K nonstop. My fingers are bleeding. Um, I I can't wait to see the Knicks in in real time and real action. But till then, brother. Peace. Peace. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.